You're listening to Unbutton, the podcast brought to you by the editors of Yahoo Style. We're going to be at the intersection of pop culture, awesome things, and cool stuff we like. We're not just talking fashion, we're talking style. I'm Joe Z, the editor-in-chief of Yahoo Style. Now, we have a great lineup this week. Today, I'll be talking to Katie Strickland, along with Lauren Tuck, our news editor. Now, she's had roles in movies like Girl Interrupted and American Gangster, but you probably know her from Shonda Rhimes' Private Practice, and she's currently starring in ABC's Secrets and Lies. And then we'll be breaking down our big five stories of the week. And of course, as usual, we'll be wrapping it up with our signature game of Cards Against Fashion Humanity. Okay, so let's get the show started. Now, we have been hooked on Secrets and Lies since ABC ran a promo every five minutes during the Academy Awards this year. Now, this ABC drama stars Ryan Philippi as dad-turned-murder suspect and Juliette Lewis, who plays Detective Andrea Cornell, charged with investigating this case. Our guest today plays Christy Crawford, Philippi's wife, on the show. I am so excited. Joining us today with Lauren Tuck, our Hi. news editor, and I is Katie Strickland. We're going to talk secrets and lies and, of course, our favorite show because you are so badass on it, Private Practice. (laughs) Thank you so much. (laughs) But welcome. Thank you for coming by on a beautiful New York day. (laughs) Thank you for having me. I know. If I've got to not be outside, this is a good place to be. I have to say, I was a little bit nervous today coming to meet with you because you're so badass. Like, we are both... Well, because we're such Private Practice fans. Really? And... I'm sorry, but yes, you were obsessed. So obsessed, and your character was a little scary. <laughs> and so fun. I mean, I mean what Charlotte permission? was scary. I mean, mm-hmm. was Charlotte a little, well, scary, fun, but it's one of those things where, like, she was scary, but I was like, I need to hang out with her. Like, you know, you, you know, there's always that scary girl in school that you want to conquer. <laughs> For them to be your friend. Does that even make sense? It so does. And you know what? That's like the highest compliment you could say about her. Because I do feel that all those things are true. And I tried to do that as I played the character. So it's nice that it was achieved. Especially for someone like you. That's such a high compliment. Because I'm geeking out. I'm such a fan. Oh my god. No. Because like literally Mm -hmm. we were talking about Secrets and Lies before you came. Mm -hmm. And I've been watching it. I haven't finished it yet. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm still trying to catch up. Because I love binge watching. So you cannot Mm -hmm. give me any spoilers yet. But even even with Ryan on it and Julianne on it, and I have to say, I was kind of excited you were on it. I was like, oh my God, yes! Thank you. Oh my God, I was like, yes! And it's such a different character too, Christy, um, Christy Crawford. It is. It's completely different. That was part of why I wanted to do it. And it also seemed like the perfect sort of next step for me because I just had a baby and it just made sense and everything about the material was so interesting, especially from the new mindset that I was in. But you couldn't get further from Charlotte because that woman said whatever came into her head. And this woman is just so... I don't want to say calculated, but just uh, she's definitely shrouded in a little more mystery than being off the cuff. That's but you're sure. still a total badass. Oh, thank And you. Christy was a little bit more like that sort of, I don't want to say Stepford wife, but like a little mm. bit more going on in suburbia mm-hmm. in a way, in a different way than Charlotte was. I mean, Charlotte was a badass in a big city. Mm-hmm. Well, as big as you can get in Santa Monica. But <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> can't, can't take them down. I know. But you know what? Lauren and I have been super excited to want to ask you, like, what is it like to be a graduate of Shonda Rhimes' world? I mean, Shonda, she's such a, that woman is an incredible human. I mean, I think her brain and her scope and how she is a part of the pulse before the pulse is even beating is someone, you know, it's something to really not only admire, but marvel at, honest to God. Like, you just, you're in her company and she's such an easy person to be with. For me, I've always had such an easy relationship with her. And 
to see what that mind does and that talent and that creativity and just how she makes it so accessible for everybody. It's something I still am just, I, it's a, it's a pat on the back a little bit that, that in my early TV days, I was able to sort of score a relationship that's so lasting because once you're in Shonda's family and you become family, you feel like you always are because the people that you work with, you all stay connected. And it's just, it's like a nice little, you know, when I get together with Katie Lowe's or Bellamy or when I run into Carrie or Viola, like any of those people, there's a shorthand there because you know the world. And that's pretty cool. Well, everyone always ends up on different shows, which is always so fun. It's to so fun. And you're just like, we're a diff- totally different character, but oh my God, I love you from Private Practice or Grey's Anatomy and you're on Scandal. Holy crap. Yeah, it's really cool. And that's also Linda Lowy, the casting director, like the pool of actors she pulls together and they have such a sense of like, like I would have never in a million years thought that Paul Edelstein and I were going to pop off with chemistry the way we did. You couldn't have told me that. And then they threw us together. And it was just like, wow. Oh, we're like that with Wait, each but other. But you didn't even think that yourself? Like, did you know Charlotte King would be that type of character? Even Was it completely manifested in Shonda's brain in a way that even you couldn't see it yet? Or was it something that happened organically for both of you? I think the latter, because what was interesting, when I got that job, I just went in to sit down with Shonda and the producers. I had no idea whether it was for Grey's or this new quote-unquote spinoff show. And so... You know, I went in and basically I had nothing to lose except be myself. And then when I got the call saying, Shauna wants to hire you for the spinoff, I was like, great. What's the character? And she's like, oh, it's going to be fun. I was like, do you want me to be Southern or not? I don't have to. She's like, oh, yeah, everybody in L.A. is a transplant. She's like, it's going to be sexy and fun and you're going to have a really good time. I was like, okay, I've never said yes to a job sight unseen and you're Shonda Rhimes, so I'm going to go with it. And I did, and it was one of the best career choices I could have ever possibly made for myself, not just from a creative standpoint, but just from a a standpoint of the human beings I got to connect with from from that job, you know. So it's it's wonderful. And when you get to tell stories like she does, I mean, Shonda just doesn't pull a punch. I think that's another reason people really love her. And there is no reality that she's created or her staff creates that doesn't feel possible. Even the most outrageous idea, like, you're like, that can't happen. And they're like, actually, there was a case. And here's the research, you know, and you're just like, wow, yeah, of course it can happen. And I, and I think what really resonated in terms of where the show went, I think, you know, towards the end of the series in the second half, your story took a very dark turn. Mm. In a way, with a rape storyline, if people aren't mm-hmm. familiar with it, I urge them to go see it because it's it was just an incredible character turn for you as well. How did you even prepare for something like that? Oh, a lot of research. I put a lot of – it puts a chill through me to even sort of reflect on that. You know, they presented me with the idea that that was going to happen and um, – I was like, great, as long as we go at it 100% hammer and tong, and I trusted Shonda to do that. And the only sort of caveat was, I said, just let's make sure that it doesn't go away. As long as we're on the air, I would love to pepper it with something because that's my understanding of the experience. It is always a part of your life. Even if you heal and move forward, there are going to be triggers. And I thought that was a real character development opportunity. And I think it's also so interesting to remind people that you can be incredibly successful and have all of these things that present themselves as something that makes you tough and you can't penetrate this person's persona. And the truth is they're human and things happen in their life and they can come back from those tragic things. And I really loved showing that side of a woman who just seemed so different than she came out to be after the experience. And really, 
I looked at it as an opportunity to expose a part of humanity that's uncomfortable and show it in a way that is presenting hope and that people can step forward and really turn it into an opportunity to be bigger than the experience that is shaping a part of their life, you know. And I thought that Shonda and the writers did a beautiful job of allowing Charlotte to help others and Charlotte to go through the complicated circumstance of trying to figure out how how one copes. And I, I thought it was just a beautiful arc and it really, it opened up my life in so many ways because it's... Now you've taken um, a real personal stance right. as well, made it your big platform, Well, it's really it, amazing. Your heart changes after you do that kind of research. I mean, you can't see the images, you can't meet the people, you can't hear the stories, you can't dig into that side of your humanity and not be shifted forever. And it's also something that we should talk about more because I think the more it's exposed and the more it's humanized, the more we will have compassion and the more we can allow people to understand this is not something to be ashamed of. This is not something to perpetuate by creating shame or secrecy around it. It's an opportunity to stop it. My hope is that more people are inclined to intervene if they see a girl at a party in college or in high school or as an adult drinking too much, noticing what's happening around them, making sure that they're safe if they don't seem that they're in good control of themselves. I mean, this is the era of people slipping things in people's drinks Mm -hmm. in a way that you have to be conscious of when you're a young woman and young men. My goal, especially now that I have a son, is to raise a boy who would never allow that to happen on his watch and be a part of perpetuating the notion that you can't step in and prevent. I mean, I think what you and Shonda did was really tell the story in not a sort of glossed over TV way. But it wasn't, you know, it certainly wasn't intervention in that way, but it was still very much real in a sense that people understood what was going on. But I think what Lauren and I have also really loved too is that you've also taken a real stance in terms of women empowerment. Like Lauren's mm-hmm. Lauren's been our millennial voice of women empowerment, wow. you know, on the site. Mm-hmm. And a lot of girls have really been sort of really standing up for that because I think they just need that sort of role model and that sort of ideal that they can see out there in pop culture. And, mm-hmm. I, you know, I love for Lauren to even like talk to you about that part because I think there's so much of that that's needed and, you know not always readily available right now. Yeah, you've definitely taken on roles that have, you know, portrayed women in maybe not the best light, but in the most realistic and, you know, uh, it's media messages that aren't, you know, that are out there. It's not glossy, as you said. And I think that's wonderful for, you know, it's a it's a role model that women are definitely needed. Wow. I hear that. And it's sort of like I'm outside of my body hearing it because we're talking about me a little bit. (laughs) We're talking about me a lot, but we're talking about the experience of being me. And what's so flattering to hear is that these things aren't an accident. And the truth is I've been blessed with great writers that are taking on these female characters and making them complicated. And yes, not always likable. And yes, very human. And that's something that I think we need to see more of. And that is the deglossing, if you will. And, and you know, nobody does it better than Shonda and Barbie Kligman. Consequently, who I worked with on private, also wrote Secrets and Lies. That's her baby. So, you know, I've been fortunate in that a lot of these gals are intelligent, they're flawed, they're human, they're complicated. They're also really taking their life in their own hands and doing their thing. And I think that is a pretty wonderful thing to be a part of. And I do. I feel like I'm a part of it, a part of a 
a cauldron collaborating some pretty fancy stuff for the gals out there. So well, that's, that's good. Nice. But do you think there's still a huge inequality in Hollywood? I mean, we talk about this all the time, and Lauren writes stories about this all the time. Is that a glass ceiling that's just not going away, or is that something that you think is changing? I do believe it's changing. I believe it's changing because as an audience and as an actor, I'm sitting here talking to you about it. So it has to be changing. There has to be transitions or we wouldn't we'd just be talking about shoes, you know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> we could talk about shoes too. And we can. Some great shoes. Oh, yes. But it's it's exactly, clearly they all need Manolo. But it's, uh, you know, it's it's a... It's an interesting time, I think, and I do believe Shonda notably is consistently associated with this turn of events, shall we say. But, you know, there are a lot of women directors. I'm trying to think. I feel it was Vanity Fair did an article on all these female directors, and you take you take people like Angelina Jolie, who's now becoming, you know, to some degree more notable as a director. She's really putting her creativity in that format and in her writing. And I think that's wonderful because I think that creates scope beyond the icon she is and the humanitarian she is. I think you see someone and not necessarily telling stories that are so female centric too, coming from the point of view of a woman doesn't change that the story is compelling or doesn't make it a woman's story. It makes it a storyteller story. And I think that when we can start doing more of that, when we can be about the storyteller more than we can be about, there's an inequality. You know, I would love to say that uh, there's more and more and more of everything, but I think that we're doing that. I think we're in the process. That's what's exciting. So to be a professional at this time, you know, doing what I love, I do feel there's more of a trend to, I mean, you can look at Viola. In fact, I'm thinking of that. And she's been so vocal about the opportunities she's had with how to get away with murder. And you look at Robin Wright and what she's doing. These these are women who have massive careers and a body of work behind them. You could watch and read a phone book for hours and never get bored. And <laughs> I clearly would at the drop of a hat. You know, it's that's more of a trend. I think you're seeing women that have had full careers, that have had full lives, that are still in their lives, still doing all these wonderful things, telling stories. So I don't think that's going to go away. Yeah, I think your experience has also helped with media and how women have, you know, been portrayed are being spoken about. So like the Ask Her More hashtag, you know, Mm -hmm. and, you know, seeing how the red carpet has totally shifted. You know, women Mm -hmm. in Hollywood are being treated totally differently because of how people like, you know, Viola are conquering roles on how to get away with murder and stuff like that. Mm It's great. It's great. It's a great time for the ladies, I can say. And I think it's just a great time for looking at the different ways we can tell stories. You know, when I was coming up, the goal was to be on Broadway. And then I noticed that everybody that was on Broadway was either in film or on television. So I thought, well, I'm going to have to change my goal here because if I'm going to do that, then I have to do this first. And then the world of film and television with great ease you know, planting seeds along and along sort of opened up to me. And the goal that I always had was to be a working actor and consistently work. And that's what I've done. And of course, the goals, you you get a little more specific as they go on. But that was really it. It was like, keep my health insurance, work always until I'm in the grave and I'll be a happy artist. You know, like that was sort of it for me. And so far, so good. Is there a dream role out there that you just wish you could do tomorrow? You know, I mean, there's certain stuff I would love to just, there is there is my 
total geek out. I want to revisit certain plays that I worked on in, say, college when I was studying. And be on Broadway? I would do it in a heartbeat. And I know the production's already happening, but Fool for Love was always a play that really spoke to me by Sam Shepard, and I know they're going to revive it, and I will happily sit in the audience and watch, but I would love to play May. I think she's just... She's badass. And that's and, a crazy world, and I want to be in it. Oh, and you could be in it. Now, mm-hmm. something we don't know about Christy Crawford mm-hmm. before Secrets and Lies wraps up. Mm-hmm. Something you don't. Oh, God. Whoa. Maybe, a, well, just give me one word because we don't want spoilers. So give me one word about maybe something lurking behind Christy that we all don't know. Revelation. Ooh, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. Um, perhaps a cameo in How to Get Away with Murder? Shauna knows how to find me. <laughs> <laughs> and then what's next for you? Well, I shot a pilot for CBS called Doubt. With Laverne Cox. With the great Laverne Cox, who I, ugh, delicious. She's amazing. She's amazing. She's quite amazing. Amazing without a stitch of makeup. Amazing just sitting around being hilarious. But like, really, what a well. Warm person and great role model. Like, we, yeah. we love her. Yeah, I do too. And I used to see her perform here when I was a little waitress down in Chelsea. I used to go see her and I couldn't believe it. When when I made the connection filming, it blew my mind. I was like, oh my God, you are the same woman. Oh my God, you know. So, I mean, it's just funny because the world is the size of a thimble really when you get down to it and you sort of always end up exactly where you're meant to be, I think. And what about the future of the pilot? When will you know? Uh, Mid-May. Ooh, Fingers crossed. Coming up. Oh, and I will be right here knocking on your door and we'll do it all again. Oh, we got to. And okay, before we wrap it up, I just need everyone to know how cute you look today because you're wearing the cutest spring dress, but you are wearing it with Converse sneakers. Well, actually, so not Vans. 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 Get it right, Joe. Vans. You're the fashion guy. I just got corrected on my shoot designer label but it's not manolo so i just don't want everyone to think that no, we are talking manolos no. but she's cooler than that because she's here in her vans thank you anyways thank you so much katie thank you good luck and we're gonna be watching oh everywhere yeah. broadway tv all of it all right well i'm <laughs> I, I'll, I'll be there with seats for you that's what i can tell you yay right done thank you And on to our next segment, the Big Five. Now, it's been a big week with big stories. And here to discuss the Big Five are the editors from Yahoo Style. And today we have... Erica Ostrov and Laia Garcia. All right. So come on, ladies. Let's get right into it. So our big, big story of the week, and I think it's actually a big topic around the country and if not the world, is transgendered. And I think in light of the Bruce Jenner situation and everything that's being talked about right now, Vogue features its first transgendered model, Andrea Pejic, and I know I'm saying this wrong, so do not be a hater and write underneath. I am doing the best that I can by pronouncing this. <laughs> but I think this is absolutely an incredibly forward move. I mean, I think what the story highlights is a four-page feature in American Vogue that has traditionally featured supermodels is now featuring a transgendered model. Good thing or bad thing, Erica? I think it's a great thing. I think it was um, Yves Saint Laurent who said fashion is a reflection of our time. And I think especially now it was so appropriate to have her on there. I mean, I know that, um, you know, Laverne Cox and Leah T, she's pretty legendary as well. But I think if not now, then when? I mean, Lai, what do you think? I agree. I think it's a good thing. But I do feel like it maybe should have not been Andrea and it should have been maybe Leah T or even Laverne. I think a constant argument within the trans community and within the LGBTQ community is that people of color get erased from the story. And I think it's a little weird that Leah T, I feel, especially made such strides with G1She like so long ago. 
And the fact that now they're featuring Andrea, who, you know, she's white and pretty and she was already doing modeling before. It seems slightly disappointing. I think, I think the interesting but, thing that you guys are bringing up here is that this has happened, you know, whether not in a big way in the world of fashion, but, but between Leah T and Laverne Cox. Do you feel that Vogue is just jumping on this Bruce Jenner bandwagon right now and that it's not even really something they would have done without Bruce? Or do you think that this is something that was happening anyways? I don't disagree that maybe they're a little late in the game, but I also think it's important to realize that they're still jumping into the game. I think it's better that they're acknowledging it. And I actually don't have a problem with them putting um, Andrea on there. I mean, Laverne just stripped down and was in a magazine as well. And Leah T, I think, with Revlon. Yeah, because Leah um, T has contracts. I mean, she's been in Vogue Paris before, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, so I think it's time for Andrea to be part of the discourse as well. Okay, and I think lastly, you know, before we wrap up on this, I think, you know, for me, I just feel a little bit split because I think, you know, the idea that, you know, it's absolutely awesome and incredible that light is being brought to this and we can have a transgender model in the pages of American Vogue. Absolutely. The other thing is that everybody gets put into a box. So it's like, here's our first black supermodel. Here's right. our first transgender model. Why can't it just be a beautiful model regardless of what they are? And I think we need to get to that point. But on to the next, let's talk about a fashion designer. So here's the big headline from this week, Giorgio Armani. He says, gay men shouldn't dress gay. Now, this caused a lot of controversy. This story was up on our site, and I know there were a lot of comments that were actually pro-Armani, telling him that he can say whatever he wants on his mind and that we've all become a little bit too sensitive. And I think this is following sort of the Dolce & Gabbana, other Italian designers who had a lot of critical things to say about artificial insemination and IVF and all this. What do you guys think about this? I mean, I know how I feel about this as a gay man. How do you ladies feel about this as writers and editors? Well, I was just confused by a statement because clothes aren't inherently gay. So I think that was an extremely bold and almost irrational thing for him to say. And also, style so subjective. What he might think is, quote, quote, gay, someone else might think is super stylish and chic. So I was put off by it. I think it's really funny because... I love that you think it's funny, Lai. Why do you think it's funny? I think it's funny because it's an outlandish statement, but we also don't know what he's talking about. Like, if is dressing gay, like wearing really shorts and a flag tank top like you do at a parade? Or like, what is his concept of dressing gay? But I just like that all of these Italian designers are saying all of these crazy things all the time. <laughs> I know, but I think what's really interesting I think what's really interesting in our particular story is that the writer was also saying that is this oh his subconscious way of saying, but buy my clothes, you won't look gay in it. I mean I can tell you as a gay oh, man be, and as yeah. someone who works in the world of fashion, I find this to be about more stereotypical cliches being propelled that doesn't need to be. Like That's true, who though. says clothes could ever define who you are sexually orientation-wise. And that's just because we're talking about cliches and we're talking about stereotypes and we're talking about what you think classifies somebody as gay because they wear pink or because they wear something short, because they wear something sleeveless, or because they wear a cape. I mean, none (laughs) of this is definable. And I think this is another example of pushing more stereotypes out there and affirming it for someone. Should he be having free opinion? Absolutely, he should have free opinion. But I think in this particular case, for me, he is pushing opinion out there that is helping to drive more stereotypes. And that is what we don't need. That's true. That's absolutely exactly. true. Everyone loves labels and he's just propelling that. 
but they want designer labels. They don't need <laughs> society labels. You know, and I think I think that's like a really terrible thing to say. And I think, you know, is this a subconscious play for him to say, but my clothes won't make you look quote unquote gay? It's even hard for me to say that out loud. That's definitely the underlying statement, but it's like it's a suit, you know, like Armani's known for suits, so so you there you go. Yeah. Did American Gigolo look gay? Yeah, and but he was a gigolo, so don't be gay, but look like a gigolo. Uh, it's really weird. Uh, straight for pay, gay for pay. Okay, so on to our next story, taking a little bit of a turn. Um, here's a headline for the big story this week. How do you feel about Rihanna and Chris Brown's new old duet? Riri. Um, Riri, no. Chris Brown. Oh, lie, you're shaking your head. Don't Why? Do it. Because, I mean, I get that she wants to write her own narrative and she doesn't want to be the victim. And I understand that and I support her. But don't give Chris Brown money. Like, Chris Brown is nothing. And he needs Rihanna more than Rihanna needs Chris Brown. I so, do you even think it's even that thought out between the two of them. I feel no, like it's but just. I want her to they're think just it running out. around having fun. No, yeah. I, you know, I have. Laya, I have to disagree a little bit, but I have a soft spot for Chris Brown and Riri. Maybe we should listen to the lyrics. Yeah, okay, hold on. Let's play the audio clip. We have that right now. All right, I'm sorry. I just got up and started dancing. Um, Listen, you can't deny that the two of them can turn up some pretty awesome music. I do not disagree with you, Joe. (laughs) But let's talk about them. I mean, I think they actually use the music to push buttons with society because they know how people feel about them and their relationship. And the fact that they can put out songs like Birthday Cake Remix and, of course, like this one called Put It Up, where the lyric actually says, treat me like I'm I'm your property. Yeah. As women, Erica, how do you feel? I mean, you're you're sitting here bopping to that. <laughs> I mean, I am. Listen, it's a catchy tune. It has good rhythm, good beat, but the lyrics are pretty telling. And I think it's super interesting to take a step back and consider their situation. And like, we all know about the abuse and their whole story. So yeah, I think it's super racy, dirty, controversial. Laya seems unconvinced. Well, Well, why do you have a soft spot for them? Because I'm, I'm a sucker for a good couple. Top 42. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, she can treat him like he's her property, but not the other way around. But that's such a double standard. Yeah. Well, in this case, I think it's fine. Why? Because he beat her up. <laughs> <laughs> but but, uh, but, let's, but let's think about this for a minute. Because they also she recorded this for his album and then asked for it to not be put out. So it was unreleased, but quote unquote got leaked. Nothing now, are there, leaked. there are no accidents on, on the internet. Right. Well, right. there aren't that many. So... <laughs> This is certainly still a play in wanting people to be part of this sort of illicit world of Riri and Chrissy. Absolutely. I so, agree. So you know what? I, in a way, we are talking about them. I was we just going to say, we're talking about it. So obviously, whatever they wanted to work, worked. So It's working. And yeah. we're talking about the lyrics. We're ripping the song off the internet. We are dancing in our seats <laughs> with headphones on. <laughs> All of this is completely working. Okay, so let's let's go on to the next thing. Talking about a double standard, this was a big story that was up on the site this week. Mini Driver gets real about Hollywood's double standards. Now, we were discussing this because she just came out there. She met our reporter at a party and was just really talking about the double standards that exist in Hollywood, which we all know about and we hear about. But to actually hear a working actress talk about it, because I will say I was a fan of Beyond the Lights. Oh, of course. Oh, my God, it was such a good movie. <laughs> <laughs> but that she was saying that there is such a double standard right now, and she doesn't even really see it changing that much. I mean, do you guys 
think that that is just the case with a lot of industries or is this prevalent mostly in Hollywood? I think it goes across all industries, but it's prevalent in Hollywood. But what I also think is that these Hollywood um, spokespersons, I guess you would say, are actually the ones talking about it. Like Patricia Arquette, for example, at the Academy Awards. And I think that's really important that they are, you know, speaking up and making this issue known. I mean, Laya, what do you think? I agree. It's definitely prevalent in all industries, but there is something about Hollywood where I think it's so much more image-based and then that reflects on the rest of the culture at large. Yeah, they're getting paid less, but that's hard for regular people to understand because it's like, well, you're getting paid $20 million and your male co-star is getting paid $25 million. And we agree that that's unfair. But if you talk about it from a like body image point of view or from like after a certain age, women can't get good roles point of view, then everybody else can sort of get on board with, with your inequality. Uh, paycheck aside, we were just talking to the actress Katie Strickland, who was on Private Practice and Secrets and Lies, and she was talking even about the idea that the inequality isn't even just pay, just the fact that it is also the hashtag ask her more and that mm-hmm. there is so much more attention paid to the glamorization of women and less to men and all of that. And I think what Minnie was saying in the interview here was that she was, you know, she broke out in Hollywood in Circle of Friends and she was heavier. And she was specifically told by her producer that her co-star, who was prettier, was going to get all the attention for the movie and she should be fine with it. Which is not okay. Oh, it is absolutely not okay. And she was like, but in her head, she was like, oh, all right. And then she lost a bunch of weight. Maybe I think she was saying she lost about 45 pounds, landed in Hollywood, and all of a sudden people started paying attention. Right. And not only is that questionable, but it's also she's in Hollywood. She's a celebrity and she is, you know, a role model for all these girls. So it just perpetuates this message that skinny is pretty and skinny is worthy and it's really sad. Well, I mean, I, I think when she was saying she was playing uh, the heavier girl in Circle of Friends, they were quote-unquote called, she was quote-unquote called the ugly girl. Now, this is not from me. This is from her. But, um, I mean, how awful is that to be defined as that? But then she was on Goodwill Hunting and she was the babe. She was the one they needed to get the... I mean, how do you like them so, apples? Exactly. <laughs> it's a comeback story. It's a comeback story. Okay. So on to our last story. Big headline, How I Survived Getting Friend Dumped. And I I have to say, so I read the story, you know, because it was up on our site. But I read it and I was fascinated by it because you never think about this. Because people talk about getting dumped all the time and doing right. the dumping. But you forget that you get friend dumped. And... And I think this also has a very different connotation from generation to generation. I mean, Lai, what do you think? I have done the friend dumping. You have? How do you friend dump someone? It's, I have too. I just I, cut them out yeah. of my life. But subtly. Sometimes. It I depends. Think, it depends the reason. Like, it depends what happened. Yeah. My number one lesson for being an adult is never do things that you don't want to do and never hang out with people who you don't want to hang out with. And I feel like I'm a pretty chill person and there has... There was one friend in particular who, like, out of nowhere, we had a really, she had, like, a really intense text message blowout with curse words. And I was like, what? My mom doesn't talk to me like that. And that was it. That was the end of our friendship. And we never talked again. And she understood. (laughs) I guess she understood from that. I'm sure she eventually got it. But Erica, you friend dump people? Like, do you actually write them an email? But do you write them an email and say, I'm I'm ending our friendship? No, surprisingly, I'm pretty confrontational. Like, if I'm going to quote, quote, friend dump someone, or I was just talking to Elisa Licht of DKNY, and she said, I call it exfoliating. Um, but no. Like dead I, skin cells. Yeah, exactly. Like, I don't need you. Let me just wash you off. 
I've done it before, but I'm a lot more confrontational. So if I'm going to dump someone, I'd rather do it. Okay, I have to say that, number one, for everybody listening, both you ladies, I am probably twice your age. I am twice your age. (laughs) And that's okay, because as you get older, you realize that I can't even make friends anymore because you're so busy. (laughs) Like, you make friends when you're in school, but as you get older, like, people have lives, people have routines. They're not really being like, let's hang out tonight after school. You know, like, you're busy. And I have to say, as I get older and I'm busy, I wish people would friend dump me. (laughs) I would have less guilty (laughs) conscience of trying to keep up with my social calendar and saying, well... They sent me an email and they said, good riddance, goodbye. Yeah. And I'd be like, oh, thank God I have Do a Wednesday dumping. night free. But disappear. I wouldn't call that friend dumping. I would just say that's evolving and moving on and maturing. But I think in a w- subconscious way, it is friend dumping. If I really wanted to be friends with that person still, I would make the effort no yeah. matter how busy I was. I guess. I guess dumping just has this connotation of like a brutal break. Well, in the story, they literally write and say, I need to take a break from you. Yeah. I, yeah. Need, I need to end our friendship. I mean... That just sounds so nuts to me. Do you Is think that- like social media and and the internet allows for this? Because now people can hide behind their phones or, you know, usernames. But you said and- you're confrontational, no, Erica. Totally do you actually am. write your friends and say, I think we're done? I don't. But do they write you and do. say we're done? No. I don't know. I've had younger friends, like in their early 20s, late teens, who have written the letter. But I think it's different because they're so close. And maybe when you're like in high school, you don't have a buffer zone because you will see this person every day. So the direct communication is key. So maybe that also plays into it, how intertwined your worlds are that you need to do like a formal Dumb. cease and desist. I guess. Yeah. As but for me, to I, would just, I think for me, I would just be like, oh, that would just lead to like, we have to sit down and talk about it. I don't yeah, have time for this. I don't want to do that later. Oh my God. On that note, we're going to get our phones out and dump a bunch of friends. I'm going to unfriend all of you and unfollow a bunch of people. And I'm going to unfriend everybody. So after this podcast, a bunch of people are getting an email from me. Watch out. Look out. Thank you, Erica, and thank you, Lai, for joining me today. This was so much fun. And remember, you guys, keep going back to Yahoo Style to read our stories. And stay tuned. We have one more fun, crazy, rousing game of Cards Against Fashion Humanity. It's Sarah Cristobal here, editor Yahoo Style. And Erica is still with us, thankfully. I'm here. Yay. And we're about to play our favorite game, Fashion Cards Against Humanity. And we have a very, very, very special guest today, Aliza Licht, who is also known as the famous DKNY PR girl. And she's also the head of public relations for Donna Karen. And she's also just written a book. Like, is there anything that you can't so do? she is a yeah. Wonder Woman. I, there's a lot I can't do. Okay, well... Sports. I don't know. Well, let's just get the let's get your book out there. Leave your mark, land your dream job, kill it in your career, rock social media. I mean, that kind of just says it all. Mouthful. Thanks for having me on. <laughs> Thank you for coming. Pleasure. Okay, so we're about to play the game. Erica, have you played before? I have not. This is my first time, oh, but I've heard all about my it. My goodness. I know. Okay, so how it goes is you draw a card, you read the uh, text that's on the card, and then you fill in a blank or answer the question with a fashion answer. Fashion, beauty, pop culture. Got, Got it. it. Any of the above. Yeah. Got it. And you can get a little weird if you want to. <laughs> the, the actual what version. What on the podcast stays on the podcast. Yes. <laughs> and only millions of people here, yeah, so it's no big deal. Small audience. NBD. NBD. Anyway, so you are our guest of honor, so why okay. don't you draw the first card? Thank you. Okay, my first card. I'm sorry, Professor, but I couldn't complete my homework because mm. I had to live tweet scandal. 
Oh, oh that's a good one. <laughs> Carrie Washington would love that you said that. Oh, yeah. oh, she knows. But the question is, do you have a glass of red wine with you or not? I usually do not. And by the way, she doesn't drink wine. So she she, she does not, and that's is that a thing? She doesn't drink. She doesn't really drink. Ah, okay. So is that grape juice on the show? It's Welch's organic grape juice. Yes. Oh, of course. Is that a scoop? Well, I interviewed her for Netta Porte, so I know I I know all about her little. Gosh, you really do do everything, don't you? (laughs) How do you find the time? I get twenty five hours in my day. Wow. Are you a sleeper? Do you need sleep? I need sleep. I, I'm I'm a night person. I can mm-hmm. do everything at night. Do not speak to me in the morning. Yeah, you're like me. I'm nocturnal. Also, I'm opposite. Yeah, you, you can are do daisy sunshine in the yeah. morning. It is oh, crazy. You, we really can't know each other in the morning. Then <laughs> I'll take the morning shift. You take the night <laughs> shift, and we'll be good. Okay, perfect. Good. Okay, Erica, it's your turn to draw a card. Oh gosh. Okay, here we go, I'm guys. Bracing myself for you. Blank is a slippery slope that leads to blank. Well, I would say the internet is a slippery slope that leads to my empty bank account. <laughs> Boom. So true. That's fun. So true. What so have fun. you what have you shopped for lately? Oh gosh. Well, actually yesterday I ordered a custom pair of Adidas Stan Smith sneakers. Whoa. Mm-hmm. I'm channeling the, spring. That's the sneaker that everybody's wearing. That is yeah. You're on it trend. Is. I think yeah, the I custom part is the best part. What did you customize it? Yeah, with? I was going to say face? you're not going to ask me what I customized. Yeah. No, I actually they're um, Python. I, it's not real, obviously, but it's like a Python emboss with just black. Cool or Amazing. white shoes with the black Adidas. Do you get your initials or anything like that? Nah, no. I think that's cheese. That's what that's what Nike does. They have the Nike ID. I don't know yeah. if they still do it. All right, Sarah, it's your turn. Oh, thank you. Well, don't mind if I do. <laughs> uh, oh, oh boy. Oh dear. Um, what did Vin Diesel eat for dinner? <laughs> you should know that, Sarah. I don't know. Well, um, ooh, I want to say something really inappropriate, but I won't. Go for but it. let's just say it was Helen Mirren, right? That just came out and said she had a crush on him. Yeah. So maybe he's motorboating Helen Mirren. Oh, for dinner. <laughs> there is a mental image for you. Thank you. There you go. Good night. I think we can just stop here. I'm sure our listeners are very excited to hear that one. <laughs> She's a flirty woman. Yeah. She's hot. She's and hot. She's hot. She's totally hot. I think you'd right. be into it. Aliza, you're up. Okay, now I'm scared because these cards are clearly very specific. Okay. I got 99 problems, but blank ain't one. <laughs> this is true. Ah. <gasps> uh, Shoes ain't one. Holler. Shoes, shoes are not a problem. I hear that. How many shoes do you think you own? Oh, gosh. Ballpark. 50? That's not bad. How do you store them? Do you have one of those crazy shoe walls? I have a good wall. You do? I do. Is it like picture perfect, Walk-in color closet. coordinated? It might be. Do That's you use amazing. the box method? Do you keep the no. shoes in the boxes? No. Okay. They need to be displayed. To me, they're like art. They are art. Yeah, mm-hmm. they are works. So of I art. feel like the box method really is counterproductive to the art, the art gallery. And view. do you work <laughs> your outfit around your shoes? Sometimes I start with the shoes. Sometimes I start with the outfit. But they are color coded, and they are by heel height within color. And wow. then it continues. Whoa. Teach me your way. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's good. We should do a closet story with you. Yeah, I'm a fashion should. girl. <laughs> Erica, your turn to draw a card. Okay. So instead of Cole, Santa now gives the bad children 
I'm going to have to go with Lily Pulitzer for Target. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and that collection just came out. Yeah, and the it collection sold out. just came out. Um, the Lily Pulitzer um, did Iconic a collaboration brand. Yeah, yeah. with Target. Um, it's a favorite amongst girls, I would say. The lines for that were insane. Really? Did you see the pop-up in Bryant Park? I did not. Like a whole city of it. Really? But it sold out, so. It sold out. It sold out online, I believe. I feel like the children might be happy if they got that. Yeah, I mean, there were pictures all over the internet. Yeah, there were pictures all over the internet. Um, Moms set up almost like with their blanket, their new Lily Pulitzer blankets out, with their chairs out, with their picnic baskets out, with their dresses, with their glasses, like everything Lily Pulitzer. I've just about had it. Wow. Yeah, I think it's a real cult following. Obviously, you know, maybe we're not the target or oh, target, pun intended. <laughs> wow. so that just funny. happened. That just happened that's, live. That's why you wrote a book. <laughs> <laughs> you get those things. Um, All right, Sarah, you're up. Sarah. Your turn. <laughs> okay, now I'm back. All right, I'm going to Draw. Ooh, this is very New Yorky. Coming to Broadway this season, blank the musical. <laughs> Ooh, I'm already laughing. You haven't heard my answer. I yet. know, but it's gonna be good. It's gonna be good. I would like to see Alexander Wang the musical. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a good one. But I can you imagine all the cameos? Think about yeah, all the Kendall. musicians that he works with. Rihanna. Yeah. Gaga. Maybe his little, his little cute niece will make an appearance. Niece, I'd be into that. I think you should It'd be pitch it. Fashion, 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 pop culture, music, extravaganza, yeah, totally. like Hedwig kind of. I think it should be pitched. Okay. Whose turn is it? Eliza, it's your turn. Okay. All right. You can't get out of this last card. Final I, round. I am by the way. totally game. Let's see what we got. Blank. Betcha can't have just one. I have two answers cocktails or coffee. You choose. Boom. Cocktails. Choice is yours. Choice is yours. I'd be like wigging out if I had two coffees in a row. Okay, well, we're not the same human, <laughs> obviously, because I'm just fine. You need a caffeine drip? I'm a big caffeine girl. Well, that's how you get everything done. Yeah. I mean, you heard what her day yeah. is like and everything <laughs> that she I wrote about in this book. Maybe I more coffee. <laughs> we totally. could all take a page out of your book. Yeah. Literally. That's so funny. Okay, Erica, your turn. Last question. All right. Let's see what I get. Okay. What's the most emo? I'm going to have to go with Alexander Wang's Fall 2015 collection. Interesting choice. Those combat boots, that hair in front of the face. Some people would say that was very punk rock and less emo. What do you think? Or heavy metal. I guess. But when I think of emo, I think of dark, hidden, moody. I see what you're saying. I don't know. That's where my head was at. Cool. There's no (laughs) wrong answer. In fashion, there really isn't. Right? I totally agree. It's all subjective. Objective. Totally great. Subjective. So are are you do you go? Are we done? No, it's Sarah. I think Sarah's no, stop trying to get out of the game. I'm not. <laughs> I'm just trying to keep track of the cards. I know, I know. But it's it's an exciting time, I know. It's not we all have to hold on to our seats because we're playing fashion cards against humanity. Like, here, yeah, this is, I think I have I think I'm supposed to go last, right? Yeah, it's your turn. Okay. Come on, Sarah. Here I go. Um, how am I maintaining my relationship status? Uh, Ooh, dear. <laughs> Should ask no my boyfriend pressure. about this one. Um, probably by putting the stuff back in the closet that I like pull out and then <laughs> create like Tasmanian devil style chaos in the, in the bedroom before I like leave. That's amazing. Um, that would piss off the boyfriend. When you rush, you know, when you're like rushing and you're just like, do you do, like, do you hang everything up before you go? No. 
And he comes home and like it's just like apocalyptic mess. Yeah. I mean not not so it's not like gross or anything, but it's it's a close It's not a boy. It's a closed tornado thing. It's a slippery slope when the first outfit you try on doesn't work. Because Thank that's you. what then it becomes that that frantic. It's not, but we can add a page. Addendum. Yeah, addendum. But then that becomes that's when the pile starts happening right? on, the bed, on the bed. Yeah, the yeah. piles. It's like the gateway that's what gets drug. to him. Um so that kind of wraps our game today. Did you girls have fun? Loved it. Okay, good. Aliza, did you have as much fun playing Fashion Cards Against Humanity as you did writing your book, which is sure to be a bestseller? I can safely say this was more fun. Oh, yay. Okay. Yay. Yay for us. <laughs> what, but what, just before we go, what kind of tidbits besides landing dream job, killing it in career, and rocking social media do we need to know? Well, it's really the journey of my own career, uh-huh. which has a lot of Devil Wears Prada-esque moments. Ooh. And then through those stories, I pull out all my advice. So it's a fun read. That's Ooh, fun. I can't wait. It's good that it's almost beach time, too. It's Hell a good yeah. beach read. I'm, I'm excited. And especially when summer internships are coming around. And graduation. And jobs and graduation. Yep. Oh, good for gifting, you're oh, saying, Erica? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Makes a good gift. Nice plug. Is she on the take? <laughs> She's on the take. <laughs> totally. <laughs> All right. Well, this has been Fashion Cards Against Humanity. Thank you, Erica. Thanks, Thank you, Aliza Licht, for being here today. Thank you so much. Taking Thank time you. into your busy day. Thank you guys for having me. It was so much fun. Thanks for listening to this episode of Unbutton, brought to you by the editors of Yahoo Style. Now, I hope you enjoyed this as much as we did. And remember, you can find all the stories we talked about and more on yahoo.com slash style. Until next time, look good and keep reading.